You're listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. It's your boys. Yeah. Josiah and Ethan. Yeah. See, I was ready to introduce as well. We had our were bases you? covered. We were going to make sure we got our names in at the top of the <laughs> at the top of the hour. At the top of the hour. This we, is not an hour. Check the playhead going? on your podcast player. It's if not. this if this was an hour, we'd be dead. Zach. If you binge would have killed us. if you binge our episodes, then it maybe. is the top of the hour. Yeah. I'm known to do that. What was your intro going to be? How are you? Uh, I don't know, but I was maybe just going to say, <laughs> Josiah Ethan, yeah, podcast. Like cat dog. Yeah. Next time we'll do that. <laughs> oh, that's 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 fun. what I brought to the table this morning. <sighs> wow. Yeah. I appreciate that. Mm, that cat dog energy. Cat dog energy. It's one of my fondest childhood memories. Same. Yeah. Watch cat dog mm-hmm. and uh, Rocco's Modern Life. Nope. But I know about it peripherally. Peripherally. Surely that's a real word. Perif- it is. Peripheral. Peripherally. Per- per- oh boy. It's like aluminum, you know? Or cinnamon to those people who cannot say the cinnamon? words cinnamon and aluminum. But clearly I can. I thought it was going to be more embarrassing. And now it's like, it's still embarrassing. So today, uh, we got a podcast. On what? We got a question. Well, do we have a question? Is that really how it came to us? I didn't do the research. This one is just a... It's just like a... We were, we're kind of doing this like... It's how about you take series? it from here? How about you take it from here? <laughs> <laughs> I did kind of set you up. I apologize. Like, what? <laughs> uh, no. You know how I'd say it. Mm-hmm. I'd say it's time for another exciting edition of Is This Phrase Biblical? Whoa, I'm hearing air horns in the background. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've covered a few of these. We have. The common sayings that mm. are perpetrated. Perpe- perpetrated? perpetrated? Perpetuated? No, Perpetrated. perpetrated. Oh, I don't know now. Now I'm confused. Perpetuated they is also a thing, I think. said in the common vernacular yes. of church people especially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Today's phrase is the popularly quoted, God helps those who help themselves. Oh, boy. Does he, though? Mm. Does God help those who help themselves? I don't know, but I'll tell you what I do know. I love the... Is this phrase biblical episodes? Yeah, it's a great opportunity to step on some toes. It's exciting. It's thrilling. Gets my adrenaline going. I'm sweating. <laughs> and it's an early morning, but I'm wearing three I'm wearing three layers and a scarf. So the, maybe that's why I'm sweating. Whoa. I'll say this. I'm, I am excited. Yeah, I, I also enjoy these episodes. Yes. Uh, it's a lot of fun. So we'll just get right into it. Does right. God help those who help themselves? Mm. Well, I suppose we should begin with this simple observation. All right. Perhaps simple. I don't know. This phrase does not appear in the scriptures. Oh. <laughs> the gasp. <laughs> the gasp. Like the old memes, you know? Yes. The gasp. Yeah. But I, that's how I've often heard this phrase used, at least personally. Mm-hmm. I'll be talking to someone and they'll say something to the effect of, well, you know what the Bible says? God helps those who help themselves. What if it doesn't? Like, but uh, it don't. No. <laughs> Uh, yeah, as it turns out, the Bible does not say that. Nowhere, as a matter of fact, does it say that. And I performed several Logos Bible searches just to be sure. <laughs> you know, because I mean, I've read through the Bible a few times, but, uh, you know, just had to be sure. I hadn't come across it yet. Just in case. It's yeah. like a different translation. Yeah, like in, you know, some weird, like, oh, the uh, century English version revised. That's the one. Says that thing. What? But no, I hadn't come across it. My Logos searches did not reveal it. Mm. In fact, here's the weird thing about this. Mm. Weird to me, perhaps. This phrase actually probably originated with the Greeks. 
or even perhaps the Romans. That's like concrete. Yeah, like concrete. Yeah. It's a, like, not just like in a concrete way. Like they literally, concrete came from... Yeah, that's pretty genius. Greco-Roman time frame. I ought yeah. to do a podcast on how we lost concrete that's for... That's just haunting to me. Because of people burning... And clearly we lost books. the context for this phrase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, so, you know, it probably originated with Greeks or Romans somewhere in that time frame, and the picture I have in my mind is you've probably got some poor peasant farmer type crying out to Zeus or Hercules or whoever have you, crying out for help, and uh, Zeus or Hercules looking down from above like, yeah, bruh, but you know, did you already do all that you could do? You know, because you only, you know I only help those who, you know, help themselves first, you know, so I kind of doubt it, kind of doubt you did that, you know, trying to chill with my harem of goddesses right now, so. Of course. You could start trying to help yourself for a change. That'd be great. <laughs> so, you know, I've probably, in all reality, I've projected that same persona on God more than a few times. Like looking down like, a, how about you figure it out yourself this time? <laughs> I've probably implicitly thought that. I have too. I think most people have. Because I do think we tend to project our own experiences onto God, which yeah. is not always, it's, it's actually basically never good. <laughs> exactly. But it's not a good idea. Because I think if someone comes to me again and again, yeah. needing help with something, I think that. I'm like, bro. Yeah. Like, especially it's like, I've, I've sure you had to do this 54 times or whatever. Like, come yes. on, figure it out. Thankfully, uh, God does not. Mm treat us that way or think that way. Anyway, all that is to say that phrase, God helps those who help themselves, is not in the Bible. Mm. Now, of course, let's add the caveat that just because a particular phrase isn't in the Bible verbatim doesn't necessarily mean that the concept isn't contained within the text. Okay. So, for example, I might say something like, and we know from scripture that God loves the outcast. In fact, I'm pretty sure I've said that in a sermon recently. Really? That feels recent to me. If you went searching for that exact phrase in the scripture, you're not going to find it. Oh, wow. Whoa, buddy. Mm. God does not love the outcast. Oh, oh whoa. Oh. Except psych. No, just because that phrase doesn't show up verbatim does not mean that concept isn't carried in the scriptures. Right. We obviously see Jesus embody God's love for the outcast all over the gospels. That mm-hmm. is all over the place. He is always hanging out with people that are on the outside fringes of society. And we find passages that carry the idea like in Jeremiah thirty seventeen, which reads, for I will restore health to you and your wounds I will heal, declares the Lord, because they have called you an outcast. So that does show up. That, but it does feel like a fairly roundabout way to make that link though. Yeah. Like, Mm-hmm. But we don't even have a line of sight as clear as that when it comes to the help themselves bit. Like, I can follow your logic there. Yeah. I can connect those dots. Yeah. I can't help myself. Right. Yeah. It's like, That's still- so where's that concept? So that leads to the question, you know, well, does that concept even show up in scripture? Because I think you've astutely <laughs> pointed out, it's like, nah, that doesn't sound right. Yeah. Like, that seems to go against the trends of Christendom. Yeah. In general. But here's the thing, okay? (laughs) My favorite part of the podcast. At the risk of sounding like a scratchy, broken record, I think sometimes it can depend on what you mean by God's help and by helping ourselves and uh, the order that those two go in. Oh, I I mean, that changes everything. It actually, it really, really does. So I say that, and I do want to add this caveat right up front. I'm going to spoil things and say I don't think it's a helpful phrase. (laughs) I generally just don't think you should use it. But here's the question crazy thing, to me anyway. Maybe this isn't crazy to everyone else. I don't know. The things that each of us individually are passionate about or are struck by, Mm -hmm. it's not universal. It's not always the same, you know? But one of the most famous Bible commentators of the 18th century actually used that exact phrase in his commentary on the book of Joshua. Matthew Henry was one of the most well-known commentators. I feel like I can 
actually safely say in evangelical history. Charles Spurgeon allegedly said that every Christian should read through Matthew Henry's commentary at least Whoa, once. But he's, yeah. Whoa. Okay. Yeah, Charles Spurgeon saying that. It's like, whoa, you got to know, you know, that's got to mean something. Yeah. But when he was commenting on Joshua 5, 13 through 15, which is where Joshua meets the angelic commander of the Lord's army. You remember that scene where Joshua was like, are you for us or against us? And mm. he says, no. <laughs> but like, <laughs> like, oh, like, that's freaky. So he's commenting on that. And he says in his commentary, note, God will help those that help themselves. Joshua was in his post as a general when God came and made himself known as General. So what in the world is going on here? See, I don't think I would have come to the same conclusion here as Matt Henry, because what is Joshua actually doing that qualifies as helping himself? Mm-hmm. Because uh, to me, the very language sounds like a selfish endeavor. Yeah. Like when I am helping myself to the chips and salsa, I'm very specifically <laughs> domineering the chips and salsa to the detriment of everyone at the table. So I do feel like I'm missing some context here. <laughs> Uh, yeah, because I think that is actually how most people hear it. Yeah. I like that. That's a funny example to me. That's a, not, well, because you think it. about that. You've lived through well, that. Well, yeah, like, we get <laughs> we get Ethan his own bowl of salsa and chips when we yeah. go to the Mexican restaurants. But I hadn't even thought about that when people say, oh, "I'll just help myself." It's that like, somebody's like, oh. "Whoa, buddy!" Like, yes, what are you uh, what are you getting out there, huh? So, for the sake of the time that we have at the podcast, which aren't we always running up against the clock? It is isn't that a problem? Time. It is. I think it would be helpful to look at how this phrase is often missed used. Okay. I would even go so far as to say like 99.9% of the time. Absolutely. And then how it is that a man like Matthew Henry might be able to use it in a way that actually could be profoundly biblical. Again, with my caveat, I'd still recommend just steering clear of this phrase in general (laughs) because ironically, it's mm, unhelpful. Yes. And if if you have to qualify your phrase with basically a podcast episode, (laughs) you should probably just not use it. But here's what I think most people mean when they say God helps those who help themselves. Uh, Again, this is based anecdotally on my own interactions. Okay. Most people, when they say this, mean something along the lines of you need to do everything you can do. And once you've done all that you can, then God will get involved. And help you out where you couldn't take care of things yourself. Mm. I think that's what most people are meaning. And I guess, to be fair, you would have to ask someone who's actually used that phrase before. I don't think I've ever said that. No. Praise be to God if I haven't. <laughs> um, but when most people are using this phrase, I don't think that they're thinking of it in terms of salvation, which is the bigger deal to me. I still think that sentiment is wrong. Yeah. That, you know, oh, well, you know, you do all you can and then God will, you know, come and do what you couldn't do. That's that's wrong. But what really concerns me is that if you hold on to this line of thinking and you keep this kind of concept in your mind, it very quickly can become, oh, well, you know, I've done all the good that I can. I'm trying to be a pretty good person. I help others and I do what I can. I try not to bother God too much, you know, and uh, surely God will see that and kind of make up the difference and, you know, see that I'm a good person and save me. Yeah, and I think it's certainly true of the inverse as well, at least what I've seen, which makes this all feel more believable. Like, oh, Mm -hmm. if I continue to stumble, then surely God will meet it with hellfire in the next (laughs) 24 hours. 24 hours. It's it's coming. I somehow. Uh, Yeah, and I, again, hadn't even thought of that, that the inverse, you know, like, well, if you're not doing that, then, you know, God is going to burn you up, like, immediately, you know, like a little fire from heaven situation. Without breaking a sweat. Without without even having to, you know, just boom, it's there. Which, all that to say is 
patently not how any of this works yeah. at all. So if you're thinking about it in any of those senses, God absolutely does not help those who help themselves. Especially when it comes to the issues of salvation, we're helpless. Mm-hmm. God absolutely does not help those who help themselves. Our best works are filthy rags. We're spiritually dead. We're lame and paralyzed. We're mute and speechless. Those are all figures of speech that the scripture used to say, here's what your condition is like on your own. Wow. A dead person can do nothing for themselves. That's a good observation. Like you can't like what you don't even have a way to talk about it like they're dead what are they their bodies they're laying there like that's it that's all they can you know you have to it's no no exactly that's what i'm saying <laughs> am i getting my point with my with my verbal exclamations so if we are spiritually dead and we're lame and paralyzed our only hope is that god would come down to us and help us in our helplessness. Mm. And the ironic thing is most of the time we don't even realize how helpless we are. We don't even know that. So God takes the initiative, not us. That famous verse in 1 John says, we love because he first loved us. It wasn't a situation where he was like, well, once they, you know, get their act up to this level and do enough for themselves, then I'll come and save them and help them and love them. No, he came looking for us when we were totally helpless. And here's the other thing about this, right? This is kind of a caveat situation. That even if you're trying to use this phrase innocently, quote unquote, to say that, oh, once we've done all that we can do, then God will get involved after we've done that. I think at that moment, you're assuming that God isn't already always involved in the world in some way anyway. Mm, it's, it's this like false assumption that, you know, you have to do everything on your own dime before mystically activating God mode. <laughs> You know, which is, there's nothing to support <laughs> like, that. Like, <laughs> I don't know, I was just picturing so like a skill tree that you unlock, like in a roll like Skyrim or something. <laughs> oh, now you finally unlock this ability because you've, you've done the enough. hours. You, you can activate God mode. <laughs> yeah, no, like Hebrews 1.3 says that God sustains the world by the word of his power. Like present tense mm. is sustaining as in the only reason anything even continues to exist or that the laws of nature continue with such reliability is because God is saying right now, let it be so, mm. which is to say he is like active in the world right now helping us. So with that in mind, how does old man Henry get away with his interpretation? Yeah. Because I'm mean, still not I'm, not, I'm not seeing the way. Right. I'll try to defend his use of it. And again, I'll caveat by saying not helpful. he could have used a better phrase there, I yeah. think, personally. But... In his commentary, right, he says God helps those who help themselves. And when you think about the context of those verses in Joshua 5, 13 through 15, his follow-on commentary, I think, sheds a little light on what he means. He goes on to say, remember, Joshua was in his post as a general when God came and made himself known as Generalissimo. So that was literally the Italian for the Generalissimo. I would have it no other way. (laughs) Um, So what it seems to me that Matt Henry is saying is that those who know God is their helper do the work that he's asked them to do, which in that sense, maybe you could say they're quote unquote helping themselves, but I still don't think it's a helpful way to look at it, ironically. It's still very, very easily misconstrued and even right. even more easily abused. Yeah. But that does it does add some clarification. Yeah. Here at the end of the day, I'd rather, if I was trying to state that same kind of concept, I'd rather take you to a passage like Philippians 2, 13 through 14, where Catch this. Paul says, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only as in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Here's the great Apostle Paul telling the Philippians, you work, you, in fact, you work out your own salvation. You know, if you left it off there, St. Augustine would be like, Pelagian heresy, you know, how (laughs) dare you? 
Right? I mean, that sounds pretty involved. Yeah. You work out your own salvation. That's... It sounds pretty hopeless. Yeah, that is. It's heavy. But notice the next verse. Here's how he grounds this command. He says, you work out your own salvation with fear and trembling because it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. So in other words, what Paul is saying is God is already at work in you if you believe in Jesus. He already is. Like he came and helped you when you were helpless. He raised you from death to life. God is at work in you. In fact, he is helping you to both will and work, which is a like crazy thing to think about. And so his argument is, therefore, you need to work. You need to go and do what God has asked you to do. And he doesn't pit these two against each other. He doesn't say, well, you need to help yourself first and then God will help you. Like an ultimatum or something. Right. And then he doesn't say, well, God's doing all the work, so you do nothing. He says, God working in you is the ground for you to work. We don't work so that God might work in us or help us. We work because God is working in us and helping us. All that to say, does God help those who help themselves? Based on the way I've most frequently heard this phrase used, I'm going to say no. Mm. He does not. However, if you want to communicate the good side of that concept, you should have a different phrase. (laughs) You need to come up with a different phrase. I would say something like, and I haven't really workshopped this, but something to the effect of Christians work and help others because God is working in them and helping them already. You know... (laughs) It kind of reminds me of that post that PETA put out a while back where they're like, instead of saying, beat a dead horse, try, (laughs) I can't take this. They say, try saying, feed a fed horse. (laughs) Uh, But I'm glad what you said actually, um, actually makes sense. It tracks. I can't take that. I forgot about I love animals so much, but I don't like them. It's too much. (laughs) It's too much. Oh, man. Uh, So... Yeah. So our official stance is, with a tremendous amount of interpretive gymnastics, God, in a sense, helps those who, in a manner of speaking, <laughs> help themselves. Do I have that right? Yeah. Oh, perfect. Yeah. yeah. If you want to spend 20-some minutes clarifying what you mean by that, yeah, sure. You just use a verbal asterisk, and yeah. it's this podcast. Yeah, that's it. This is so uh, niche, niche. In Bible college, at Liberty University, we wrote papers in this format called Turabian, which is where you do footnotes. Yeah. The superior paper writing format, I might add. I agree. Don't even at me, you MLA and uh-uh. APA or whatever the other one is called on it. Turabian is yes. where it's at. But it'd be funny because we'd need to like meet a word count for a paper. <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah. all right, this won't fit in the paper, but if I put a footnote on this vague theological term and just write paragraphs. Oh my word. That's what that is. It looks very phrase. studious then. It does. You it's look like, like you really... You did the footwork. Yeah, but... In the footnotes. <laughs> That's why it's called... No, it's not. Um, yeah. <laughs> oh, this is fun. That's great. That's good. Yeah. I love these apps. Same. It's, it's a lot of fun. And, uh, you know, if you were helped by this. Somehow. Some, <laughs> if this podcast uh, is helping you help yourself. <laughs> uh, you know, you ought to go to that uh, iTunes podcast store and leave mm. us an honest five-star review. Oh, it is the only kind of honest. And the only kind of five. Yeah, thank you so much. Yeah. So we're, uh, we're grateful to share this time with you. You are willing to listen, listen here, listen, listen here. Yep. <laughs> What's happening? And, uh, <laughs> and if you want us to listen, listen here to you, words that you have, things, yes. man, woof. No, that was working until you abandoned ship. I did. Because like, you, you got to go with it. You only have to email us at podcast at horizonschurch.net. Yeah. Or find us on social media, Facebook yeah. and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll catch you next time. Mm-hmm.